Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Just like that. The final hour is here. He's Hot back, Mike with Withrow. He's back. We're back. We're back. YouTube. I'm sure, I'm sure the chat has been on fire. Oh, chat's been on fire. It's a little bit difficult when hosting while trying to reply to the chat. So there's some spelling errors that I've made while yeah. chatting in the – while Chad is chatting, chatting in the chat. So I apologize for those spelling errors. But chat's been on fire. Dan Dockage came in on fire today with us. Uh, he was torching everything. He then Good. went back to a tweet that I had yesterday with a clip and retweeted that clip again, following up on something he was fired up about in our talk with him. So that was good. Matty Ice has been over here mocking me all day without typical. you. So it's a typical Wednesday. Said you weren't going to come back. Said there was no way I could make it if you didn't come back. Who so had the best primary complaint it. today? Um, Davies was pretty good. It was about not having a summer break, but I'd say mine was superior about triangle tattoos. I think Davey would probably agree. I came with a little more spirit with mine. What are triangles? I also didn't leave Davey too much like time. Like just a triangle tattoo, like, like a pink Floyd? So, uh, by the way, the, the chat was on fire with information about this, saying that it's a borderline satanic, that it's an Illuminati sign. Uh, someone else oh. said it's a bunch of Harry Potter fans. But I've noticed this trend, especially with women mm-hmm. that come through 6th and Peabody. They'll have a small triangle on their wrist, inside their wrist, on their hand, between their thumb and their finger. Um, their index finger. And it I, represents what? I've looked it up, and it's like Davies, I think, probably got it in front of him. Davey was like connection, uh, movement. Yeah. A triangle is a sign for all these di- life. I mean, it's just every spiritual thing. Symbolizes connection, harmony, creativity, wisdom, and growth. There you go. Have you seen the uh, yada 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 yada? Have you seen the documentary on like how DC was laid out, the footprint from like above? Yeah. And how it was laid out based on symbols of the Freemasons. I think this is also a plot to National Treasure. One of yeah. the. One Already of the had films. one reference today, so I'm I'm down for a second. <laughs> yeah, I was I was mentioning that because I don't like when there's uh you know I have to crack the code of your tattoo that you decide to wear. So not, not a big fan of that tattoo is my primary complaint. Um, but I did also say that I have, I have no tattoos, but I do have a brand. But I'll get to that in a future show. Pierre Elephant, the man who designed Washington, D.C. And Pierre, like Timothy Oliphant? Our, 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 is that how it's spelled? Our money also or has Elephant. Freemason symbols on it, too. Our yeah, currency. it's got the eye, the, tri- the pyramid yeah. in the eye. It's yeah. Elephant, E-N-F-A-N-T. Okay. So uh, thanks for holding it down, Chad. Yep. Um, I've been across town here in Nashville. On three has a name, image, likeness elite series going on. I'm sure you explained some of this, but they have the top 25. All I would say, Hutton, was that you were on special assignment with Livy Dunn. Okay. And then I couldn't give any more details until you got back. So they did a... They want to leave it very vague. They had a three-day seminar, more or less, for the top 25-ish uh, recruits four- and five-star recruits in football across the entire country who flew in. And they had Livy Dunn, among others. Kirk Herbstreet was there and a few others uh, that uh, were, were just as great. 
And uh, I had the good fortune of being asked to be the moderator for Livy's session this afternoon. Thanks to OutKick for allowing me to do that. Chad and Davey and everyone else in the studio for accommodating that. And uh, look, we were the only media crew in there for this. So we've got everything. We'll be able to use some of the answers that she gave us. We'll be able to air a lot of uh, the big portion of what we did in the Q&A, plus a lot's coming on the OutKick social media account. So uh, very beneficial. And coming up in, what, 15 minutes, I can't wait to dive in to her one, like her first step in when the floodgates opened in 2021, July 1st, 2021, what her and her mom, her, not, her mom's name's Kat, we were both on stage with me, and their first step in getting things set up to becoming the brand and social media icon that she is. Seven million TikTok followers, four million on Instagram, and growing. And her process for name, image, likeness. And Chad, we have discussed this in the past. She is the prime example. You don't have to go to college football to look at this. She is the definition of how to profit off of name, image, likeness to where it does not impact what's going on on campus or the athletic program of whatever you're currently playing in as a college athlete. Because she's able to profit from this whereas she would not have been able to based on previous NCAA regulations and restrictions, while if she's just Kim Kardashian, she's making a boatload of money at the same age. And now she's doing both, and she's got her own company crushing it. And when we've had Shannon Terry of On3 Sports and Studio, he'll be quick to say it's the women that are really leading the way. The female athletes across the country are better at NIL in many situations than the men. Yes. Even if their sports don't have as many eyeballs on them. And Livy Dunn is a great example of this, that that companies have seen far more success with young women who have big social media followings, and they're able to capitalize on that and market better than a lot of male athletes that are in high-profile college sports like football or men's basketball. And in 15 minutes, I've got the example of where we're headed and the person behind the scenes, two people behind the scenes that really make everything run for what she's doing and what, the again, the top 25 college football players in the country were there for the class of 2024. They and their parents were asking a ton of questions. And I think the questions that the parents were asking versus what the players were asking is fascinating. Um, Did anyone ask, any parent ask if they would, if she would go on a date with her son? No, but I did ask. That, I, that would be mortifying if you're I, the, the guy, the high school kid. It's like <laughs> my mom just asked her out for me. I did ask how many times she's been asked wherever she travels to, how, if she notices a sign to please transfer to school X through the portal. Oh, yeah. And all the pitches for that. I'm like, I'm sure you've been asked on dates. You've been asked to prom. You've been asked to weddings as a date. You know, probably proposed to. And I've, I've got her answer on the, the transfer portal. I can't wait to well. see all of it. Uh, Chad, are you surprised about Bob Myers resigning as the Golden State Warriors general manager and president? Because resigning is being kind to what happened here. Lacob let his contract expire. His contract expired June 30th, yesterday. That's why the news came out yesterday. Talks broke down for contract extensions a few weeks, if not a couple months earlier. And the news cycle made it seem like when he released his statement, 
that it was just time. Now, maybe it was on his end as to why contract talks broke down. That may be fair. But the guy went to four uh, NBA finals in 11 years. He drafted Draymond Green. He drafted Klay Thompson. Uh, he put together and, and got Durant there and won titles for an organization that was known for being a dump. They were the dumpster fire for a long time. They won last year. I, Chad, not only that, they moved across the bay. They did what the Oakland Raiders and Oakland A's could not do. They moved to San Francisco. They're, I, they're, they moved their, I their footprint to San Francisco, which is what those other teams wish they could do but could not do. And that all happened within his reign. And I'm curious as to what the next step is, because if he just jumps into another gig, this is him signaling to me that this run is about to be not just over, but there's a block there because they, for the last, what, two or three years, have had the highest payroll and the luxury taxes that they're paying. They have also come up in a situation where now Draymond Green is not under contract moving forward. They need him back, but don't know. And Clay Thompson has a year left with an option for the, the one-year contract coming up where you'd like to extend him, but you don't know. Um, are we? I hesitate to say we're seeing the end because they've got Steph Curry. But you mentioned this whenever they were playing the Kings, and it was they were down 0-2, I believe. And you came in and said, this is a team that looks like they come in overconfident, they may be tired, or they're just they're resting on the laurels and they're resting on what they have. And it looks like the, the more energetic organization, the younger organization, the organization that reminds us of the young Bob Myers put together teams. Eight, nine years ago. Yes. It reminds you of the Warriors of seven to nine years ago. And then they win in you know, a, a long series. They knock out the Kings in game seven. And then we see what happens against the Lakers. Point being, have we seen... Have, have, is this really the signal that we've seen the end of the run? Because I think it is. There's been so many front office moves in the NBA. This not we're not in the off season yet, but off season for teams that have been eliminated. That just makes it begs to ask the question: Who do you think you are? That, that's what I thought when I saw this news with with the Warriors. Who do you think you are that you won the title last year? You're eliminated this year um, in the second round, and suddenly that you, you need change. I think about that with Milwaukee firing Mike Budenholzer because they lost their star player and lost in the first round to the Miami Heat, who, oh, by the way, are about to play in the NBA Finals after all of that. There's been just a number of moves that are it's odd to me that this is the direction you're going. Nick Nurse now being hired in Philly yep. with Doc Rivers being fired. I understand that because Doc Rivers' whole story now later in his career after winning the title with the Celtics back in 2008, has become one of disappointment, one of blowing series leads. Yes. So to get over the hump, I understand that move. But it's still an odd one when you know you got a team that is in you know, the second round of the NBA playoffs and, and not a disappointment necessarily. So I, I don't know. I think it's just more in a string of who do you think you are type moves for some organizations. Well, you mentioned Nick Nurse. I'm also surprised – at the decision to go with Joel Embiid over Kevin Durant. Nick Nurse was could have taken the Suns gig by reports, and he chose Philadelphia over Phoenix. And next year, it's Phoenix that's supposed to be Denver. They're set up with new ownership to be that organization. 
they're supposed to be the next team that wins their first title. And Nick Nurse didn't go there. He chose Philly with the MVP. And look, I understand why. But Durant wins. That's, I mean, we've seen that. And the combos of what they have and the different pieces they have in Phoenix compared to what we saw from Philly and the, the dynamic there of Harden. And you've got a former MVP and a current MVP with Harden and, and Embiid. Um, that also raised an eyebrow for me that he's going to Philly over going to Phoenix. I wonder how much of it is uh, comfort and familiarity with the Eastern Conference in his time with Toronto, you know, staying on, on that yeah, side of the, of the league. And also the competition level is not quite as fierce in the Eastern Conference as opposed to the Western Conference right now. Maybe the route to get to the NBA Finals, which we saw with them beating the Golden State Warriors one year with the Raptors when he was the, the coach. Maybe that was in part uh, and Doc know, Rivers may get this. the Suns kick now. Yeah, and, and ownership also. You know, you got new ownership with Matt Ishbia in Phoenix, if that was the decision that it came down to. It, it is a it, look, it's a good choice to have. Those are two good situations to to land if you're picking between the two. But I gotta think it, it came down more to maybe familiarity with the conference, more of a trust with ownership, more of a route to the finals. If I had to, you know, if you're doing pros and cons of each job and why Nurse would pick the, the Sixers, that's that's where I would fall. You think Harden signed off on it? The I way think, he answered the question every, about Doc Rivers? I, I wouldn't let James Harden be the decider. No, the players run the league, though. But, yeah, every star player's got to sign off on a coaching hire or a coaching fire or a front office move before it happens. Yeah. And I... I Look, I don't think there's a bad result there, a bad choice for, for Nick Nurse. But Doc Rivers yeah, Steph is... Steph Curry mo- signed off on Bob Myers not getting renewed is another example, right? I, I, would think, I think so, everyone although, does. Although the way the reports are, are circulating, it's that Bob Myers was offered uh, two different contract offers, and he decided it was time to just spend more time with family. But I, I can't help but read into the fact that it's a signal that whatever he was trying to do to delay the inevitable, which is at some point these guys, you, you can't keep giving out the same type of contracts, right? To me, it's a flag that whatever plan he wanted to do wasn't backed up by whatever plan and direction Golden State wanted to go in. Jordan in the YouTube chat with the obvious but good joke saying that the 76ers went from a doc to a nurse. <laughs> well played. Maybe the Suns end up with Doc. He's one of three finalists now. Um, the other being, I think, Frank Vogel. It's amazing how the, 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 the recycling of NBA coaches happens over and over and over again. It's one that when coaching you get the fired, job, it hired. feels like a Supreme Court justice, a lifetime appointment. Your city may change, organization may change, but you're going to get more opportunities. Hit us up with your thoughts uh, inside the YouTube chat, which has uh, been on fire, and Chad can now not worry about typos for the rest of the hour. Colorado and the Big 12 having substantive talks. Uh, props to you, Big 12. And Colorado should be doing this. That's the next move. Because, Chad, I think the next move for Dion in a couple of years would be a job in the Big 12. I would go ahead and speed up that process. And the value is only going to go up for Colorado. Yeah, and the thought is that once one four-corner state falls... The other three will fall in line and leave with them. And Colorado could be that first domino to fall 
which would then get Arizona, Arizona State, Utah to also jump ship and go to the Big 12, which would create in the Big 12 a really powerful conference and the only one, I believe this is right, if that happens, the only one of the power conferences that feature every time zone in America at that point. If they yeah. were to add those, those four, they'd have mountain time also. Yeah. And so then with the talk of San Diego State as well joining, they'd have every single time zone, which is, I, I know, a goal of Brett Yormark, their commissioner. Can they bring in just one? Do they make that work? Yeah, I think they could. Um, but they're, they're also talking with SMU and San Diego State about adding them. And SM, it seems like both have kind of a decision to make with them in the Pac-12. Look, I think it's a no-brainer right now for Colorado to be having these conversations and probably to go ahead and leave. Deion Sanders will sign off on it. Here's something else with news today with all the first three weeks of the season with TV assignments for games. Colorado is going to be on the big noon kickoff game on Fox in weeks one and two to start Coach Prime. So it's TCU and Nebraska? At TCU and at home versus Nebraska in weeks one and two. Now, Davey pointed this out. The over-under for wins for Colorado this year is three. That's the Vegas over-under. Get them early is the message. When all the interest is there on Deion Sanders, smart of Fox to go ahead and get Colorado in weeks one and two against TCU and Nebraska. I think that's a good move for the network and obviously more eyeballs on Coach Prime. Coming up, reaction to name, image, likeness, uh, the platform that on three gave the top recruits in the country of, across college football uh, today that I was able to, to take in questions being asked, direction that many of the experts feel were headed, and what Livy Dunn, who is the example, and I'll give you the prime example. She is the first collegiate athlete to be on the cover of Sports Illustrated and profit from it through name, image, likeness. The equivalent of that could be in the room that she spoke to today because one of the top 25, four or five stars that were there could make the cover of the EA Sports college football game that's returning. That's the equivalent. And where we're headed in all that involves a lot of lawyers and agents. And it involves what Nick Saban spoke on yesterday, which is a player union. Details next on Hot Mike. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow rolls on across the Outkick Network. Hope you'll subscribe to the YouTube channel while you're there for the live stream. Also on demand anytime. Visit us on YouTube, also Outkick.com. And you can find the podcast and download your audio daily wherever you download your audio. Um, hosted a session for uh, the On3 Elite Series is what they've called it, and they're, they're on the ground floor of this. It's going bigger next year. Um, and they were nice enough to let Outkick be a part of it and capture all of this chat with Livy Dunn, who is, Chad, I mean, you, you've said this many times, well before I did. She, she is the example of what NIL was designed to be about. Yeah, absolutely. She is the one that if you want to see a shining star of, oh, this is what it could be, it's not the pay-for-play scheming of boosters right. and everything else that, well, let's go get this five-star player here by just paying them money and doing it under the guise of NIL. It's actual NIL. 
it's actual profit profiting from name image likeness to me Livy Dunn is the purest form of that right so, she is profiting off name image like she's not getting paid by LSU or boosters no to be a gymnast at LSU she's making money while she's in school while utilizing her talent as a gymnast but also her marketing ability to make money off her own name image likeness this is exactly the way it was set up so the floodgates opened in July 1st of what 2021 that's when we we knew that everything was going haywire as we knew it right there was going to be a, a new world of collegiate athletics for the taking who was going to jump in first handful of SEC programs did LSU being one of them Tennessee Bama to some extent although they caught up who else comes to mind for the NIL Miami of course with John Ruiz they were among the first and if you think about who was at the forefront and who leaned into the collectives early on, those are the programs that make the biggest headlines currently right now for NIL. And from Livy's perspective, I asked her, I was like, hey, what is the, what's the first step you took when the floodgates opened? And the first thing that her and her mom said was, we hired an agent. And if you think about what that would have meant four years ago to now, and not only did they hire an agent, they interviewed all these different agencies and agents. They went with Joe Burrow's agent. And the connection there through college football is going to also be connected to the biggest social media influencers. And I think that will influence other programs. If, if WME is connected to Livy Dunn and her social presence and connections and how she influences literally... Anything she posts now is a massive success. Anyone she partners with gets a massive benefit on return. And I think that also attracts the big-time college athletes. That also means, through the agents, that we're going to see a player union sooner rather than later because it is a free-for-all. And because of that, I think, Chad, we're going to see the break-off of the haves and the have-nots and when I say that, I mean even the haves group, the group of two or the group of three, the power three, whatever it is, I think we end up even having the have-nots in that. But I'm talking the bigger picture. We're going to see player representation and what Saban talked about yesterday, which he's also complained isn't really the right tone. I think it's more of a warning from Saban on like, because again, like, I don't think he's going to lose no matter what decision happens in the direction the NIL takes or the initiatives that conferences lead on or follow with. But I do think it's a warning of like, hey, you want to be employees, so be it. But we're going to cap this and we're going to do this and that. Um, that to me was the most eye-opening thing is the first step when there were no other examples to follow was hire an agent. And I asked her two years later, would it be your first step? Yes. Have the agent filter through the bigger companies and then bring those to you and decide what you want to do. And the other thing is, I asked, uh, I asked Levy, I said, what, um, and I, we'll play the interview later in full, but the other one I'll Let me, I'll, let me get to I'll the mention. first point okay. quickly, if I can, Hutton, on the agent part of it. Uh, brilliant, first off. Also brilliant of agents to start to seek out talent in college that can capitalize to this extent. 
Um, I'll give you another example. Angel Reese right there at yep. LSU. Yep, she mentioned her. If I'm if I'm the agent of Joe Burrow and Livy Dunn, I'm trying to sign up Angel Reese right now because she is profiting big time off of her newfound celebrity and the fact that she's a, a swimsuit model as well, like, right. like Livy Dunn. So there's a lot of opportunities that when this all this was announced and this was going to be a thing, the diehard sports fan wasn't immediately thinking about these these other things that could happen with NIL, which again, I'll say, if you got a problem with it, deal with it because this is what it was meant to be. Mm-hmm. Libby Dunn is NIL. It's not Texas A&M buying an entire recruiting class. That's this, that's the shady side of NIL that we all knew would happen, but that's what that is. This is the purest form of NIL. And I do think it's very smart to get representation the way she did. And I could see Joe Burrow's agent representing her and Angel Reese at some point. That would be a nice troika of talent to have from the Bayou Bengals if you're that agent. Yeah, and they, they've been very business savvy with how they've approached everything. I don't think every individual family and every individual athlete in high school is going to get the, the same business sense, right? Like, there's some people that don't know even now. Like, they, they don't have a passport. They've never... In some cases, a lot of high school kids haven't even been on an airplane yeah. until they're in college on their first road trip. They just drive locally. They end up in a state college, and then they're on a road trip. So I don't know if everyone's going to have the same experience, which is why I think the, the player union is inevitable, not just for the checks and balances of how much or the percentage of what the player's getting versus the university's profiting from, from because the agents are going to figure this out, that the colleges are making more of the percentage on the big sponsorships that they're filtering down through the players. The players are going to get paid, but trust us when we say the colleges are going to make a ton of money. I, I also think there are checks and balances with the agents who are approved to be a part of the union. And you, know, you, you end up being overpromised something that the agent doesn't deliver on, and you end up being screwed in that end too. So I, I see both sides of that. And I think I think it is inevitable as much as I don't want to see it because it does change. That to me, Chad, is the biggest, that's the biggest move towards becoming pro football is having a salary cap, having it collectively bargained. And then what happens when the contract's up and you need to continue doing uh, the CBA or whatever it would be, the agreement for the for the big power three or wherever we end up with these schools that merge and and break off and do something massive compared to what the others will be faced with. Because the state colleges, the Sun Belts and Conference USAs of the world, they will not be on the same level, right? There's a, I think there's a different governing body that would oversee the umbrella of those colleges, but the SEC and the big 10, for instance, uh, even the ACC, big 12 could certainly point there. Now we'll find out. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I do think there needs to be someone that leads the individual sport and the individual group that will break off and become really the basis of what everyone points to, which is going to be a college version of the National Football League. So Ali in the YouTube chat says, many would be shocked by how low-key and legit most NIL deals really are and how the majority aren't for football, as the bulk of commentary leads you to believe. And she says, find the right agents. Don't let the wrong ones find you. That's a great point you brought up and that Allie brings up as well. And she's right. We had an intern, Gracie, that was on the Tennessee dance team. 
She had multiple NIL deals. Her entire team had right. multiple NIL deals locally with businesses in Knoxville. This is not uncommon at big state schools all over the place. That It's not always the athletes you think of first and foremost that are making money and profiting off of NIL. This whole salary cap, you know, what Nick Saban's warning everyone about and everything else we're getting into, very, very slippery slope that can be accomplished, you're right, Hutton, by the right league with the right infrastructure. So let's but it's not sustainable everywhere. Let's hypothetically let's use Mike Loxley, Loxley as the example. He proposed a ten million dollar cap. He just threw it out there. But like we should have a ten million dollar cap. Head coach at Maryland. If it's a ten million dollar cap, and let's say you pay to the cap, on average, and just keep it to the seventy players that travel, your travel group, the players that play. That's one hundred and forty-two thousand dollars per player on average, on a ten million dollar cap for college football. So while you're getting fifty bucks for an appearance, if you're capping it and you're able, and you're a university that pays to the cap, you can outspend literally everybody. And again, that's just the average. Not every player would get that. You could pay more, pay less. But on average, on 70 players, that's 142 grand per year for a $10 million salary cap for college football. Yeah, and you're right. Some would make 20, some would make 230. Yeah. I mean, that's not it's not going to be But the average is 50 apples grand every anymore, player or whatever it is. You know, like they, I think unfortunately, the cats out of the back and and look, it, I think the agents Programs, collectives are going to be blamed. The NCAA allowed this to happen because they tried to hide things underneath the rug for years. They pointed to the student athlete and the, the scholarship aspect of everything. And they end up in the Supreme Court battle and they lost and they stepped back and said, we can't, we can't do anything. We're afraid of being sued. And even like the opinion of the Supreme Court justices was, hey, uh, it, 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 hypothetically, if we, you were to come back and we were arguing this, we're voting this way as well in favor of the player. And it scared everybody. I don't blame them for being scared of the lawsuit, but they also know they're going to lose if it gets to that level. That's the scary level that we're at. And really, no one's stepping up. It's those that have stepped forward to lead this process in a wide open landscape. Plenty of people are stepping up to ask other people for help like Congress or anyone else, right. but they're not really leading the charge. David in the YouTube chat says, the NCAA declined to allow former Colorado, Colorado wide receiver Jeremy Bloom to cash in on his Olympic skiing success. That helped get NIL established as much as Ed O'Bannon. He's right. That's a name I'll always remember because he had a fight with the NCAA also over him being an Olympic skier and a wide receiver at Colorado and not being able to cash in on it on endorsements from that. So there were there were a thousand, not a thousand, maybe a million paper cuts that led to this yes. bleeding gash that is the NCAA and NIL and where we are right now, and no one can stop the bleeding. And it's eventually going to head to exactly where Nick Saban said it's going to head, and that is we're going to have a salary cap. We're going to have a union. We're going to have different things and systems in place like you see in the NFL or other professional sports leagues. I don't think that's necessarily good for college football or college sports, and it's not where we all wanted it to go, but it's also probably inevitable that it was all going to head this way at some point. 
Chad, and this I, is not a statement on whether or not players should profit. No, no, no. Or get money at all. It's just what do you want in the sport that you love and what makes it the best product and the best sport. I think Nick Saban is right when he says this isn't where it should go for the sport, but it's where we're headed. And I'm just looking through all the players that were there. Alabama commitment, Ohio State commitments, uh, LSU. We've got uh, Georgia. Dylan Rayola was there uh, today, the number one recruit in the country uh, for the, uh, at quarterback who's committed to Georgia. Um, just examples of who was in attendance that is soaking up the social media age with TikTok and, and with, with Instagram. I don't know. I, 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 one, on one side of this, it's like I, I brought up the NCAA college football game coming back. And I think on average, a college football player for their NIL, like to use their name, image, likeness, they're going to get, what, 500 bucks, I believe, per player. Um, at least that's the story and the, the, the perception. The average would be 500 bucks uh, for, the, for the right for EA to use the number and the likeness of the player. Uh, maybe it goes up. Maybe it goes down. Don't know. But and for that reason, like, I'm guessing they're only going to use starters on the game. I don't know, but because like, that gets really involved if but, you're going to go through the entire roster well, of but every. He, but here's where they're headed: though. D1 college football team. They're they're adding the transfer portal, and if you like use the computer like generated thing, the kids in the transfer portal will actually be in the portal in the game. Um, so you could sync it up. It's like the old where you could uh, and, you know sync in the ro- actual roster with your team. Yes, and upload it. There, there is a partnership that they're working out with Madden where if you are a underclassman, like a junior, and you're declaring for the draft, there will be a, a deal that you can make where you could go ahead and be in the next version of Madden ahead of time to where like you're, you're available to be drafted before the actual NFL draft happens to where the team that selects that player is. Like his NIL, like Rayola, whenever, three years from now, Hypothetically, he could be drafted by Chad's version of whatever, uh, you know, he's playing the GM mode for uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. He could draft Rayola if he declares for the, for the draft in the simulation that Madden would be able to create. It's crazy. But they're going to get paid based on all of that. Productivity in America is about to go way down with football fans once this game comes out and people start playing it nonstop, both <laughs> college football and then leading over into Madden in the NFL game. Something tells me, though, the cover of Madden, not sorry, the cover of the NCAA will, uh, game will be like a former player or like a silhouette of like a Heisman Trophy winner or something. Like it'll always be the Heisman guy. Yeah. Instead of like three or four players. It's, it, it will almost drive you insane thinking about all the possibilities of, of what's to come with all of this. Hit us up with your thoughts. Outkick on social, in the chat, on YouTube. And, uh, and much more. Chad, uh, we will also be reaching out to Livy uh, throughout the fall for a chance for her to hop on the show. Oh, that's, that's another great. thing that they mentioned. They're headed to like uh, another seminar for social media. The training has nothing to do with football, which is crazy. Uh, and it's, from there, it's like how to create your own TikTok version, uh, your, your own brand. So it's like... I, I wonder what uh, we, I wonder we, we what, could we could take that course. I wonder what Peyton Manning would say to this, based on his answer to Will Levis when he asked him at the Manning Passing Academy, how how would I, you what would be your advice about building your brand, your own personal brand? And Manning's response was, "Get really good at football first, and then worry about the brand later." I'm sure all these kids, future college coaches, would tell them the same thing 
at this on three NIL series. But you don't have to be good but at football. I, I totally understand why this happens and why those kids want to be a part of it because it's smart, smart marketing. It's smart business to want to learn about this. But if you're like if you're the punter who's at the frat house doing a keg stand on a Friday night, and then Lane Kiffin needs a punter, so he goes down to the what, what fraternity was it? The Kappa Sig house. Yeah, he goes down is, and yeah. like you found the dude sleeping on then the couch. You, yeah, you're going to be a, a, a you're sensation. A brand. You're a brand all of a sudden. Uh, coming up, a sinkhole in Utah in a golf course. They met, and it was crazy. That's next on Hotline. Sixth and Peabody, our location. Been a fast hour and a fun show. Thanks for Chad and the crew for holding it down. And for all of you joining us across the great radio network without kick, this great radio station that you're listening to or on YouTube. Hope you'll subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can see all of the great shows each and every day live or on demand. Just search out Outkick and hit the subscription button. Hutton, I uh, coached my first travel ball experience last night, and I'll just quickly summarize the whole experience by quoting the great Tim Robinson from I Think You Should Leave. By Did you saying, start the series last by night? By saying, after one night, I'd, I'd like to get off now. <laughs> I'd like to, yeah. We are a younger team in a group of 8U, and we are technically a 7U team. And we were defeated last night 20-3 to and 12-1. to And somehow, after one night at 0-2 in this doubleheader league, we are in third out of four teams because the tiebreaker is runs given up. And we gave up two runs less than a team that didn't get beat quite as bad as we did by the two teams we lost to last night. Um, this will be a humbling experience for everyone involved this summer. But you know what? Maybe it's what's needed. The girls will improve. They're playing up a level. Well, but a man, when you watch the difference between the, the teams who play together and that are just a bit older... These teams match. So let me <laughs> compared to our little girls. Let me tie this in. I was talking with and someone I didn't last mean night. Little girls. We were very small, is what I noticed last night. I was talking with someone last night, and they asked me like, "What's how's Withrow doing? What's Chad up to tonight?" And I said, "He is coaching travel league softball." And they, I told him the age group, and uh, his initial reaction was, "That is way too young for travel league. He's going to regret this." And I said, "No, he will not." And I said, "The re I said I used to agree with this. It is the perfect age because." The travel league teams that are really good started where they took their lumps at this age group. And then it becomes great. That, that next tier that you're about to coach, Chad, is going to be worth it. Yeah, based I think on so. The, uh, this is like a two-year. The frustrations now. It's, a, it's good advice. It's a two-year cycle for me. So I'm, I'm thinking I only said yes knowing we'd take our lumps. I, I didn't. I know. Full disclosure, I didn't know it, it was going to be this bad. He's but too, I feel like we're not... Chad's too good at pitching. Yeah, we're not going to... I don't know that we're going to win a game. Like, that's how bad it was after one night. But yeah. I took this to take the lumps knowing that I could get this entire team back next year and play again. Ted, so a year from now, we'll be one of the older teams and then maybe be more competitive. Here's an idea. Take it or leave it. Maybe you should go and get some trans players and pull like a Bad News Bear <laughs> style thing. Can you imagine uh, if uh, out kicks Chad Withrow? were to pull that move, and I just have boys out there playing in girls' names. You imagine and then that, the story that would give be. everyone a boy's name. Can you believe this hypocrite Rockford. that works for Outkick and that has done this to our travel league, to our girls out here? 
Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to be doing that. I'll, I'd rather lose thirty-five to one every game than do that. Um, Which we might, by the way. It's, they might. It's a possibility in some of these tournaments. Chad, I believe it or not, know a few things about sinkholes. I'll explain in a moment. But nothing like this in Utah. Where a man filmed a crazy anomaly with a sinkhole on a golf course. And uh, here's the viral video that made its rounds across the internet. So today we went golfing here in Utah with the boys. And as we're golfing, we ride up on this sinkhole in the middle of the course on a par three. And you can tell it is literally washing away as we go. I sit down on the edge, just because why would I not sit on the edge? So then you can see my buddy's filming, and right when he's filming, it falls away, it washes out. So I get up and I run away, and then I start filming from the other side, other angle. Sorry, I'm, I'm, a, I'm voice recording this on my golf cart. Also, it's my first time ever making a TikTok, so bear with me. You can see where I was sitting ends up doing the exact same thing and totally washes away. You'll see it just right about now. So if I would have been sitting there, I'd be swimming. And the whole entire par three is about to be underwater here in about an hour. So there, there's more from Jake Ebert that we can show on a, a second video here. But the... the uh, you can see like the before and after a bit. He said the whole the par three hole was completely, completely gone un- underwater. Hey, great use of your first TikTok. By it's the great, way. yeah. This thing went viral for the guy's first ever TikTok. Good job by him. So it's a the American Fork Golf Course is where this took place in Utah. So where I'm from, practically the entire county is on top of a cave. It is sinkhole heaven throughout the entire county because it sits on top. Cumberland Caverns is underneath the entire county. And you see a ton of sinkholes on farmland and property uh, based on the fact that you have the caverns underneath all farms and nursery stock land that's there. Everyone is terrified about this. Especially, you can tell when there are wells and a lot of the farmland, you know, dates back to, you know, the early 1800s through families that have lived there forever generationally and that you can see where everything's collapsing in it hasn't collapsed to the point where it's falling through like this golf course but it's going to happen at some point and you just kind of stay away from that area uh, since you're not using the well water uh, unless you're like pumping it out which my family does on the farm pumping it out to water the, the cattle for instance but you don't. You never go over to the actual well for fear of it collapsing and in, in like completely engulfing you. This was kind of I won't say tame. Well, there's the, also you an, see idiot, the, an idiot that was sitting on the ledge of the. You sinkhole. can see the water though running through it. A lot of the sinkholes I've seen are deep, and that that's the fear. It's not. This looked like a raging rapid. Uh, the, yeah, gr- the water was grizzly, right below the surface. Uh, the, the Grizzly River Rampage at Opryland back in the day is what it reminded me of. It's kind of surface level. So my town is basically one big rock yeah. underneath, the, underneath the entire town. I swear that my yard is starting to bow down. Like over the years, yeah. you know, I live in a development that was built 15, 20 years ago with grass and sod being laid down. And it's almost like the yard is starting in one spot, one spot to start to sink down. This is my nightmare. 
when I see something like this, I envision one of my children playing in the side yard, and then all of a sudden their feet falling, you know, the ground falling beneath them and dropping into something like this. So if you're afraid of things like that, don't watch this video. We should have put a warning out there before playing. Hey, well, if it happens, Great job, Davey. We just frightened I mean, all of our Don't sit viewers. on the side of the sinkhole. That's the advice. Of course. That's the good advice. That guy uh, looked last, like a moron. Last year, not long after I moved out here, I know in um, Mascot, Tennessee, there was a 150-foot sinkhole that developed out there. That's not too far from Knoxville area. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're no joke, man. Houses can be engulfed. I've, that's, that has happened. Barns. <laughs> People. Hey, this just now, something we'll talk about tomorrow on the show, which I think is a big media story. Major League Baseball has officially seized the TV rights of the San Diego Padres games after Diamond Sports went bankrupt. The league so will look to make to up lost, lost revenue with some of these teams. So here we go. It's not going to be the not going to be the last with the San Diego Padres. There's a new model. Can Major League Baseball crush it? They've got a chance to. Back at it tomorrow, 3 o'clock Eastern, for Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network.